listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Stomping Jen. Sawtooth Frank. There you are. <laughs> there you are. You know what we're here to talk about tonight? One of your favorite things. Uh, what's that? Art. Art? Yeah, we have a really interesting person on the show um, today. It is artist, business owner, and community leader, Johnny Miranda. He is here to talk to us about a bunch of stuff. He has a store called La Diaspora, right? Which is a space in Chicopee, Massachusetts, okay? Uh-huh. It has... Um, it's there for cultural, social, and creative appreciation and acceptance. They feature artwork uh-huh. um, of local artists, uh-huh. um, and they ha- it's a collaborative space, right? And I was reading through um, Johnny's bio this week, and he has done some amazing incredible stuff but you're making me so excited i know let's talk to him in the community <laughs> around the world i've got to build johnny up all right he's all right. he's an amazing person i cannot wait to talk to him i have cool. a very long list of questions okay are you ready as per usual all right i see him he's ready all right so let's go after the music we will talk to him okay okay here we go <laughs> Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Stompin' Jen. I'm not going to sing to you. Oh, thank God. I'm just going to slowly fade out the music. I like music. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's good music. It is good music. Yeah. Let's say hi to Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Hello, how are you? <laughs> We're doing really great. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on to talk with us. Um, I hope I didn't talk you up too much, but I meant every word of that. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, that was a lovely introduction. <laughs> I appreciate those kind words, and, and I am so thankful for you guys having me in your podcast. Yeah, thanks for being here. So um, how are you doing? Let's start with that. I, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, uh, I can't say any different i'm excited about life as i should be every day and um things are things are good things are going great great um was there anything else you wanted just to kind of say about yourself by way of introduction i know i threw a whole bunch of stuff out there uh, about uh who you are and what you do but i was curious if as i was saying that you were thinking to yourself oh i hope he says this or or that so i just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us anything else well, I mean, you pretty much encompass what Johnny Miranda has become in the last four years, five, six years in Chicopee and in Western Mass, you know, <clears throat> impacting communities through art. Um, but 
prior to that, you know, I've, I've been a workforce development strategist working with people with disabilities, developing their skills and using art as a way to achieve that. Um, I've been a missionary in South America for like six years, um, building houses, taking food, um, and I did that with the Jesuits. So I've done a lot. I've done a lot. And I think that I'm able to uh, accomplish a lot of what I currently do uh, with art and in the community. And it's because of all of these other experiences I was able to live. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I'm definitely going to ask you about some of those things a little bit later. Um, but what, kind of what I observed is art has very much been at the center of a lot of what you've done in life. And you're an artist. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity just to tell us a little bit about your art and about who you are as an artist. Yes. Well, um, it, it's it's very hard for someone in the present to define who they are as an artist. I think that when we look at the stories of uh, the artists that we look up to, those stories have been written after, you know, they're gone, right? You know, we, we tell the stories of, of these people. So I don't know what my story is, yeah. um, but uh, what I, and, and, and with regards to my art, I've personally lived art since I was a child. So I have to thank my mom for mixing me into this environment. So I was in a, in a performing art school throughout my childhood and middle school and, and high school. And it was a performing art school where I would go over during the weekends and, and we were there. I was there for dancing mm -hmm. mainly but you get to experience all the other arts, whether theater, chorus, um, visual arts. So, so visual arts wasn't my prim, primary focus, but I was, it was something I, that, that I did by association with all my other friends and colleagues in that performing arts school. Um, when I went to college, I continued dancing. Um, after college, when I got to law school, <laughs> that's when that's when visual art became uh, a big focus because I didn't have much time to like be in law school and work. I was a waiter, but I wanted income. So I started doing art and 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 for sale. And I started uh, a, I, I was helping a friend open up a bar and he needed entertainment for the bar. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm already going to be bartending. I might as well paint live and put some lights and I'll dance while I'm painting. And, you know, people started going to the bar. So that I, I started doing that more and more and and. I was in a city called Ponce in the south of Puerto Rico, and it is such an artistic town, city, that it's hard not to be influenced by all the other artists that are around. So every restaurant you go into, there's art. Every place you go into, there's beautiful art. So that kind of pushed me to, to like, you know, I want to do this too um so so i uh you know i wasn't dancing any longer but art is still something inside of all artists that like you have to do it in whatever whichever way it manifests so at some point for me it was dance and then you know after you get a little bit older that you you, you manifest art in other ways for me it was visual art when i get to Western Massachusetts, right? After Puerto Rico and I'm doing art. Um, 
I started doing paint sips. I think that's what the industry at the time when I arrived to Western Mass, it was a hype, those paint mm-hmm. sips. So I started doing that and that allowed me to continue doing art. And in all the other jobs that I explored in Western Mass, I used art as a way to achieve my goals. Um, I think that when you're passionate about something, you look for a way to fit it into whatever it is you're doing. Um, So I've always been a community driven person. So all of the stuff that I started doing for the city of Chicopee in, in regards to community service with the homeless, with people with disabilities, I try to use art, you know, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a mural, whether it's a paint sip that bring, you know, bringing people together. So, so yeah, I, I've definitely used art in everything. Yeah. Um, and you're still dancing. You're still dancing. Like today, I just noticed you, you put out a TikTok video of you doing <laughs> yes, this really yes. creative dance. <laughs> so that it's, it, it, um, it certainly sounds like, and even today I observe like dancing is still something you you feel and need to express well i mean like i mentioned every 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 person that calls themselves an artist um i think that they are there are many ways in which they express what they need to express uh like i said at some point dance was like my main focus visual art is now but definitely i still dance i still sing you know i still write i um I have about, you know, I have a garbage bag full of poetry, you know? Um, so I think that, that, you know, when you create, you're always creating. And then that is what's important for every artist to continue creating no matter what through adversity and your good times and your bad times, uh, create, yeah. you know, that's humans are, that's our human spirit is meant to do. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, Ponce and, um, uh, Puerto Rico. And, um, I was reading in your bio that you were, you were born in, uh, Puerto Rico and you traveled back and forth, um, between the island and New York city. And I was really curious. And I think I might know the answer from what you said is how that experience impacted you as an artist. I mean, you were yeah. mentioning to us what an artistic city, um, uh, Ponce is. And so I just mm-hmm. wanted, want, wanted to get your thoughts about that having to go back and forth between yeah. the two cultures and how the influence that had on you. Yeah. So definitely there's an impact, but I think that in my case, it was a positive impact because going back and forth, I can say that the downside of it all was that I had, I never stayed long in a school, you know, it was like three years in a, in a school and then I'm off to another school moving back and forth. Um, but, uh, but being in New York, for example, hanging out in Times Square on Christopher Street and, you know, walking down, seeing the diversity, the colors, the art, see having that as an influence when you're a child mm. and, and how open people are in the diversity. That's a great thing to see. And, and you know, when you are in the public system in schools in New York, um, you know, you get passes to go to museums and things like that. So I was very fortunate as a child to have experienced all of these great museums and have seen these great works of art. Um, and in Ponce, we have a beautiful museum as well. So I think that, you know, it's just what, um, it's, it's just a life that has surrounded me, you know, like I can say that I, I'm, I'm a product of, of that, 
artistic influence between New York and Puerto Rico, you know. Yeah. And I want to fast forward to um, Chicopee, Massachusetts, where your um, space is now, uh, La Diaspora. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that space and what it, um, what you do there? Yes. Yeah, so, um in order to, to, to talk about La Diaspora, I'll first mention how my entrepreneurial endeavor started in the city. Sure. So I started, I started, um, I, I got a contract with the Massachusetts Rehabilitation Commission to help individuals with disabilities in their pursuit for employment. When I got that contract, I opened up a small office in Chicopee to see my clients. But then a lot of them I found needed training for soft skills, right? You know, like how to interact with people, how to have conversations and things like that. So I was already doing art and I was doing these paint classes. So I thought, hey, why not? I start a business, open up a gallery. I showcase my work and I do these paint classes and I'll have these individuals that I'm working with work with me in these classes so I can, you know, teach them soft skills as they work. So that's how it started. Then that paint business that was meant to be a side business <laughs> uh, grew a little bit, right? It yeah. grew, overgrew uh, the other business, actually. And and then, you know, I was exhibiting art, local artists. I was doing paint classes, workshops, and all that stuff. It was really fun. Um, so that business was called Oops. Mm. And um, unfortunately, when COVID hit, I was I was unable to continue paying like the rent without being able to open. And so I had to drop that contract from for that for that lease. When I dropped that, you know, and, and we were all closed in because of covid. I, you know, I was I was thinking, you know, there are so many other artists in the same situation as me. They're not selling. They can't go out. Yeah. So I thought of this collective where, you know, I can't pay rent on my own. So I'm going to have this collective where all the members that want to join me, they'll pay a membership. And with that, I'll pay rent, I'll pay the expenses, but we'll all have a place where we can do events, where we can showcase our work and where people can gather. And it maintains arts alive in the city. Yeah. And so I spoke to Jeanette Rivera, who's my business partner, and I told her, you know, I was already working with her for the Cultural Council, and I told her, you know, what do you think? Should we do this? I have this idea, um, and but I need your help, you know, because I can't do this alone. So she was on board, and La Diaspora was born. What is the, um, what's the significance of the name La Diaspora? Oh, that's the diaspora. So, yeah. so, so La Diaspora refers to that community of people that form in a foreign nation uh, after their exodus or their migration. So, you know, there are many diasporas. There's a diaspora, there, there's the Polish diaspora, which we call Polonia. There's the Puerto Rican diaspora. There's the African diaspora. So many communities have formed uh, of people, you know, after leaving their homeland. So we thought that the diaspora was a fitting name for what we wanted to, the, the, you know, the people we wanted to empower yeah. and the people we wanted to give a space to. And um, especially Chicopee, which is where we are, uh, you know, there's a lot of Polish individuals, a lot of Portuguese, a lot of Puerto Ricans. So I wanted to have a name that would identify with all. And then 
we have spiral symbols in our logo. Those spiral symbols are Taino symbols, which are Puerto Rican indigenous symbols. And those are the symbols for water, raging waters and hurricanes. Right. And that was fitting symbol because Chicopee is a native word and Chicopee means raging waters. So we actually took the Taino symbols for raging water, which is the name of Chicopee, and we use them in our in our logo so there's a whole thought process yeah. that that's <laughs> awesome. it as well. i didn't know yeah that. yeah yeah and when um how did you put out the call um for members of the community to come and kind of join you in this effort and was that an was that an easy process to well, do? fortunately because i i am a curator and i was already setting up exhibits for many local artists um when i decided to uh, do this collective it was a matter of like let me call these people up i'm pretty sure they would want to join you know um and especially for the fees we charged it was a you know it, it was a given so we've we've um <clears throat> we've been fortunate enough to have a variety of artists join our collective um they can join for a long period of time they can join for a few months they can join for a month you know, we give the artists the flexibility because as artists, we know all the, the limitations we have when it comes to access to budgets, to grants, to spaces. So we wanted to be a space to eliminate barriers for artists. So by being in this collective space and by joining as a member, they don't have to worry initially about a space of their own and paying rent and paying utilities and paying insurance. And, you know, so as a collective, we're able to do that, have their back and um, catapult them to wherever they want to go. Yeah. And did you find that you were, when you, I mean, you had this idea, right. Um, that, that was born out of um, necessity from COVID as you described to us, did you find that that, that need was out there? And when you started reaching out to people that they responded? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that the need has always been there for a space mm -hmm. to collectively work. The problem is, I think, that us, for many artists, and I include myself in the past, um, I never thought about a collective way of working because as an artist, my ego wanted to highlight myself. So I had a gallery where I showcase my work and I had a gallery where I sold my work and I paid for the bills and I paid for, you know, but yeah. when you step away from that I mentality and from that individual individualistic way of being an artist and you decide to open spaces for others and highlight others, that's when you start seeing change happen. So, so I think that, the 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 fact that i that, that we were able to come up with this uh, collective which is not a new thing but 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 doing it in the city that we're in and with the people that we're in certainly has an impact uh long term for the uh beautification of the city mm. yeah you mentioned the ego and it's something as an artist that i resonates with me right because it's often in the way for me right <laughs> you know like oh i should say this thing about myself rather than you know focus on the person in front of me like it is something i grapple with i'm doing it right now stomping jen and johnny what i wanted to ask you is did you do anything to confront your ego 
when you were trying to set up this space and like how did you grapple with that as an artist and as a person and kind of like get out of get out of your own way in terms of ego did you do anything to work on that well um so when you when you when you have tried to live a life of service to others yeah. and i mentioned you know i did missionary work and i've done community work so when you live a life in service of others it's not hard to put yourself like you know to 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 see things through that lens you know but but it's but but it naturally isn't an easy thing to do yeah. so for me it was easy because of my life experiences but but i understand that it's not an easy thing to do um i think that the the best way to get out of your way and and to break away from that ego as an artist is to 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 start start highlighting others you know start highlight highlighting the work of others start empowering others and as a result, without you even looking for recognition or in, 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 without looking for flattery, uh, you will get it because yeah. givers gain, you know? I love that. Givers gain. Stomping Jen. Do you like that? I like that. <laughs> um, Same as what we've been doing. I know. Yeah. I mean, in terms of not just talking to each other right yeah, yeah. no um, <laughs> you guys perfect example giving a space for other for others and and yeah. empowering others and and giving a platform to others that's that's what we all need to do as artists you is, know? is that what um you mean on the website when you talk about being a space activator because that's something i wanted to ask you ask you about like what is that work being a space activator so so for example um that in particular refers to uh, areas in our neighborhood that uh, we're we we live in a neighborhood, Chicopee Center, where <clears throat> it's it's going through a process of revitalization, um, and some would say gentrification. But we're going through a process where we are revitalizing, right? We're painting, making spaces to look nice. Uh, making uh, the area welcoming for visitors and and to activate the economy. So there are a lot of spaces in the city that are uh, unrentable, empty, empty lots and things like that. So through art, we've been able to activate these places, whether it's, you know, it's an empty building, let's do a mural on it. It's an empty parking lot. Let's do an outdoor exhibit on there. Um, uh, you know, this is a street that nobody walks down through. So let's do a mural walk and have people walk and, and we'll paint on the ground. So activating dead spaces or empty spaces in a city with art contributes to um, th that process of revitalization that I was mentioning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm totally ignorant to the fact that there were, you know, like murals in Chicopee to well, go see. I was going to ask because. Um... Ask away. So what I know about Chicopee is that Chicopee is made up of three towns. So there's three towns, <laughs> Chicopee centers, right? Like there's three central points of Chicopee. So when you say Chicopee center, where do you mean? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually, uh, Chicopee yeah. is known for its villages. Yes. So uh, you have... Cabotville, yeah. it's a ville, which is mm -hmm. Chicopee Center. Okay. Um, which is when you say Chicopee Center, it refers to where City Hall is at. Okay. 
So Tigabee Center, Cabotville, and then you have Aldenville. Okay. So there's all these villes, right? And yes. so every neighborhood is kind of like its own village. Mm-hmm. And every village has its own center right. area, you know? But when you say Tigabee Center, generally people will refer to the neighborhood where City Hall is at, that government center. Okay. Okay. So there are... So there are there are murals in in Chicopee that we could go and search out and find yeah. and check out. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. So the first one um, um, we did a few years ago, and it was with um, Bozena Chimilowska. She's a Polish artist, and she did a mural called Field of Flowers. And then after that. Um, you know, that was funded by the Chicopee Cultural Council, which I was a chair of. Mm-hmm. And um, so then after that, we had um, during Black Lives Matters, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, we had a Black Lives Matter uh, themed mural in the center done. We also had one in a supermarket uh, in Chicopee Center also done. Um, and I know that... Um, I did the bunny mural, which is in the city, in the village of Aldenville. Mm. Um, so bunny is a, a, an iconic figure in the city of Chicopee. He's been standing in the same spot for decades and he waves at people in that same corner. So I did, I wanted to immortalize him. And so we painted him right across the wall where uh, he stands. Wow. Oh, so, so, cool. so yeah, we have a few murals and there's a few coming up. That is oh, awesome. We have more. to go check them out. I want to ask some questions. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, how are you? You're you're a co- <laughs> you're a co-host. I'm, you, I'm glad. You're like launching into all these questions. Go ahead. Um, so you were on the Chicopee Cultural Council. Are you still involved with them? Yes, yes. I'm no longer chair. I uh-huh. was the chair for two years. Yeah. Um, and and so you know we always change the um, the leadership. Yeah. Um, but I'm still involved. I'm actually right now um, working on Pride Fest, oh, which cool. is uh, we I, we started that last year and in Chigabee. Chigabee yeah. has never had an event like yeah. that. So we had that last year. It was a great success. And now we're working on organizing it for this summer again. That's so cool. How how do you work? You must have to be. So it's always difficult for um, even though I can, um, the local council program that we have here in Massachusetts, you have it's part of the municipalities. But like, has it been difficult to work with the leaders of your municipality, like the city of Chicopee, to like do some of this work, like to activate spaces and do mural yeah. work and all of that kind of stuff? It's a great question. So, so fortunately, because uh, we are, because I'm part of the Chicopee Cultural Council and the Chicopee Cultural Council is uh, a city entity. Right. So that fortunately gives me access to the mayor and gives me access to the city council members. So it has we've been very fortunate to have those good lines of communication Mm -hmm. to make things happen. Um, So I think that that it's it's a combination of factors when you want to make things happen and when they actually happen. But this factor of communication is very important and we're fortunate to have it. Um, There 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 are there have been times where uh, the subject of the mural has been the discussion Mm -hmm. where, like, for example, when Black Lives Matter mural was going to happen, you know, 
some were concerned. What was it going to say? What was right. it going to do? How yeah. were people going to react? Right. So there's always that um, that debate, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Chicopee has been a city that traditionally is very uh, status quo, doesn't like big changes, nothing too radical. So when they see this young Puerto Rican guy coming in and revolutionizing everything with art. (laughs) So there was a little bit, there was a little bit of hesitation at first, you know, uh, who's this guy, who's this guy, you know? Uh, but I, 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 I think the community has welcomed me. I feel very accepted and loved by my community, by Chigabi in general. And, um, and I'm excited to, to be in this moment in time in the city that I'm in. I think that, that things happen for a reason. And I think that I have a purpose in the city. And I'm just working to fulfill that. That's so great. It's so yeah. great when you can have a supportive team around you of people that um, will help facilitate the ideas that you want to implement. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I give this to the city of Chicopee. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Johnny, you use a community responsive business approach um, in yes. some of your work. What does that mean? Tell us about that. Well, um, you know, some of the things that we do in our programming include the community. Um, so, for example, we facilitated workshops for homeless individuals where we use a painting class to help them uh, envision who they are or what they want to be in the future. We have used um these painting workshops to uh, empower women uh, that have been that have gone through domestic violence, you know. So we've also had these. Uh, so so we use art in those ways, but we also use our space um, to provide services that the community needs. So you know, in the winter time, we had a coat drive and we gave away coats. Um, Oftentimes there's a, a lot, I, I have a day job as well where I do a clean outs. Um, so I oftentimes come across things that, you know, people may need and, and I post it up in the community and they can go pick it up at the shop. Um, so, so what we mean by that, it's not just by offering programming that impacts the community in whichever ways um, we see fit, but it's also about um, opening up the space to the community so that we can facilitate resources that are uh, out of reach to them or, or yeah. that they don't know about. And maybe because it's an art place and they come in because of the colors or because how beautiful this artwork is, they can leave with, with information uh, yeah. on end resources, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. Um, so you, you told us before that, um, and I was reading on your website, most of the uh, La, uh, Diaspora uh, collaborative members are um, from the BIPOC um, and immigrant communities. So I just w- I wanted to ask about, um, from your perspective, why it's so critical that we um, intentionally make space um, for members of these communities. Yeah, well historically these communities have been marginalized and they are perhaps at a at a 
at a disadvantage when it comes to time. You know, they've been for so long marginalized that uh, they are at a disadvantage in the race when compared to other folks. So giving them a space where they can um, express themselves, where they can feel safe, where they can feel heard, where they where, where they can feel that they have chances at success. I think that that's important because giving those spaces um, will just in, uh, empower these communities, but also give visibility to them. So so whichever group you're from, if they have representation in our collective, you're going to feel welcome. Um, and so I think that visibility is important and we want to do that, you know, especially when we're visual artists, you know, we, we want visibility. So yeah. we're, we're, we're giving it to the community. Mm. I love that. I want to read a quote um, from your website and I think it's a, it underscores a, a fundamental belief that you have and your business partner, um, Jeanette uh, Rivera have I love this quote. It's going to take me a second to read it, so bear with me. Um, The way to thrive is by sharing our abundance of resources. In doing this, we can bridge the gaps of care in our communities and foster more joy, creativity, and peace. Like, I love that as a goal. And you, Mm -hmm. I think you just talked to us about that a little bit, um, but tell us a little more about that is a goal for you and why that's so important to your mission? Well, you know, definitely it's important to our mission because we want the community, we want communities to grow. We want our community to grow. We want our community to to have feelings of togetherness. Um, you know, cities and towns go through difficulties uh, as as a whole in, in, in different periods of times. And I think that if we um, provide spaces and provide culturally enhancing activities, I think that 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 we would be able to. Um, to bridge uh to bridge, bridge those concerns and those sol- with those solutions and and you know arise from whatever circumstances or situations we we face whether it's individual or as a community you know having these spaces is important how do you i don't know <laughs> yeah no that's great and are there ways are there ways that you can kind of check in and measure your success around that like like how do you know that's working um so so one of one of the one of the ways in which we measure you know the impact that that we're having in the community um obviously first we can we can talk about word of mouth right you know people talk so the fact that we hear the community talking about what's going on and 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 because they're attending our events and because they're engaging with us in social media it's it's giving us what we want right that engagement and that connection with the people we're serving so that is one of the tools we use to measure the success of what we're doing right we're engaging with the community what's this feedback like um but uh also some of the measures uh, are the revenues that our artists are able to 
to have, you know? So like, it is our goal to, to help the artists that we represent and have in our collective to make money. So it's up to us to create spaces and continue creating spaces where people will come in to, to have fun, to buy art so that they can have a revenue. So, you know, looking at those monthly numbers and seeing, you know, is, are these artists selling? That is a measuring tool for us. Cause if our artists aren't selling, then it, it tells us that we, we, we need to do something a little bit different. Yeah. And I think that word of mouth is really important. Like, that's why I'm so excited to get this episode out there when it yeah. goes. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, I had no idea. Um, you know, we just went through a, um, a round of birthdays here in our house, Johnny, and I was um, banging my head against the wall about ideas about where to go buy locally made presents. I had no idea. Mm. I could have I, I cruised right on down to um, <laughs> La uh, Diaspora and... Um, yes. And bought something, Stomping Jen. You could have. Definitely, definitely, but definitely. Next time, I will. <laughs> and I yeah, just we have. Yeah, go ahead. We have tons of uh, tons of stuff there uh, from all of our artists, from keychains that they make, jewelry, crafts. They have paintings. Um, great thing about our space is that we have a small makerspace, so you know we have tools and machinery that people that our artists can use to continue to create. So that's a that's another way of of engaging the community. You know, giving them a space where they can go and create for no particular reason you know you just yeah. want to create we have a space for you it's sometimes the best art is born out of doing something for no reason right stomping yeah, jen it's true. yeah like i just you know you're just messing around you know with with something and it just uh something is born out of that in, that weird random inspiration yeah yeah um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is a good place. I want to tell people about some of your um, web presences. I just want to pause for a second and let people know. Sure. Um, Johnny has a, a Patreon, and I'm going to put the links uh, to all of these things in our show notes, okay? Um, you can also Google this stuff and find it too, but the links will be in our show notes. So Johnny has a Patreon uh, page where you can go and sign up for some stuff and follow him. Uh, La uh, Diaspora has um, a website. We're going to have the link in there, too. That's shopladiaspora.com. You can go check out stuff there. Uh, Johnny has an Instagram. Um, I am... Help me pronounce this. Joito. Joito. All right. And the link is there. Um, and there's a couple of Facebook pages. So Johnny Miranda Alomar and uh, La Diaspora. Um, and there's a YouTube <laughs> And, and TikTok too. Johnny is on TikTok, as I mentioned earlier. So um, definitely, like um, you know, pause pause the conversation. Go check out all of that stuff and get a get a sense for what we're talking about here, right? And in terms of the store and Johnny's art and all that stuff. Um, all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, I got to tell you, when I was looking at your website, I had to stop for a minute because I almost. I almost started crying. I'm very sensitive. Um, there's a yeah. There's a quote on there, um, and on the website, this quote is part of another statement. But it's basically, and this is something my therapist says to me all the time <laughs> to try to get me to cry. You deserve to, you deserve to be thanked for merely existing, right? Tell tell us That's why right. tell us why you choose to 
put that up there and tell that to people? I, I think that the, one of the greatest virtues uh, after patient is being thankful and being thankful for merely existing. I think that that is a great way of starting your days. Um <clears throat> I think that that you are more creative when you're thankful. I think that uh, you're more positive when you're thankful. Um, and 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 we're here to create. I think that we talked about this previously. Uh, my mere existence is to serve and create. And that that those two simple. Uh, parameters is what I live by. You know, everything I do needs to be creative and of service to someone. So I think that that phrase is very uh, characteristic of, of who we are. You know, La Diaspora is here to help the creators and, and, and to serve our community. Yeah. I love that. Um, Don't cry now. Well, (laughs) or you can. Feel no. free to express your emotions as you see fit. It, you know, it it got me the same way the Mister Rogers movie got me. I was sitting there and sobbing, <laughs> sobbing because I mean, here's this here's this grown person telling you, you know, you're worth something just because you are, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're worth something just the way you are. Are you gonna cry now? I can't see it in your face. Like. I, I might. I mean it. We don't hear this kind of stuff enough, right, Johnny? Like we don't. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And um and it, and it's um and I think that's that's why art is important because yeah. we if we don't if we don't hear these things, I'm pretty sure that through art you would be able to either express it or at least perceive you know receive those emotions so um, being emotional is something that we've been so recently well not recently but like you know we've been conditioned to not feel emotion you know we don't want people to cry we don't want people i think that people are fearful to show emotion and so art is a great way to open that door to let these emotions go out i have seen people that you know they're tough as a rock but they've created they they create these beautiful pieces of work and 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 then you realize they're not as tough as you thought they were you know it's just a different avenue of expression um but but yeah we we've been conditioned to build these shells and these strong characters and personalities to protect ourselves um and and i think that when we do art and when we give people motivation to create that guard comes down um and we need a little bit more of that we need to we live in a society where we're so guarded and that leads us to not be as engaged with others um so when you break that barrier and you're able to connect for real but really connect yeah and and engage people and really engage them i think that you have achieved something marvelous you know yeah. Mm. I love that. Um, La um, di, uh, Diaspora. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm str- I, in my mind. I'm like I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna pronounce it right, and I keep mangling it. Um, La Diaspora offers um, events right through the website. I saw you mentioned some of the um, paint and sips. What else? What else do you do through um, through uh, La Diaspora that people could sign up to and experience? 
Yes. So we have jewelry making workshops. Ooh. We have wreath making workshops. We have painting classes. We have exhibits, uh, art exhibits where we feature local artists every month. Um, uh, Jeanette does something called the moon circle. Um, and it's, um, every, every month in the full moon and, and, um, it's a women empowerment group. Uh, we have, uh, chess clubs where we meet and play chess. Uh, we have Charles Leboy, who is uh, his programming is more with video content creation. So he does um, video game streaming and he brings kids from the community together to a Pokemon club and they play Pokemon and they go around, um, you know, uh, with Pokemon Go and stuff. Uh, so definitely every artist that joins our space is able to uh to, to to do the events that uh, they see fit so uh our programming is constantly uh it could constantly be changing depending on the artists that are members in the collective mm -hmm. and uh, but but the ones i've mentioned are the the ones that have been more consistent we had wood wood woodworking uh, workshop not too long ago as well so um you know what we have to offer we will always make it available to the community how big is your space? Um, it's not very big, mm. um, but we make it work. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, but but we have enough space to have, like, let's say, uh, an event of sixty people. Okay, that yeah. seems pretty big to me. I yeah. mean, as somebody who teaches workshops, um, yeah. You know, I, I typically don't, I tip personally don't typically like to have more than like 20 people in a workshop. It, for me, it's just unmanageable, but yeah. um, that seems, that seems pretty good. Um, so people can, um, people can engage with you in the um, diaspora through the website or can, they can just walk in off the street or what's the best way yeah. for people so to engage the space? So um, currently, uh, so our, our uh, planned uh, operating hours is from 11 o'clock to seven o'clock at night. However, as I mentioned, our, um, our whole system as a collective depends on memberships, right? Yeah. So for the past, uh, for, for a few weeks, uh, for example, we didn't have any artists uh, covering like the morning time. So we opened up at around two o'clock Um just because we understand that all of our all of, all of the artists that are members in the collective, they all also have their own professions, you know. So right. so we're not just artists, you know. Jeanette, for example, works a facilitator works as a facilitator for Girls Inc., but we're also in the cultural council, and we're also um, in 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 city meetings for revitalization. So we do a lot of other things, um, but yeah. Normally, I would uh, definitely there. We are open from three o'clock to seven o'clock, <laughs> Tuesdays to Fridays. And then there's a whole bunch of programming on the weekends. But if you go to our Facebook page and our website, you would know everything we're doing all the time. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Johnny, I want to go back in the time machine a little bit. And you talked about some of this stuff um, in the early to mid 2000s. You went on poverty um, alleviation missions uh, to Latin America. I just, I want to, I kind of wanted you to reflect on what you took away from doing that, like, missionary no. work. And, and it sounds like 
what is it? It's almost 20 years later now. And it sounds like that is still something that was very impactful and meaningful to you. And you still carry elements of that with you. Could you just talk a little bit more about that? So I started doing that when I was in, um, in high school, uh, I went to a Catholic high school. And so there was a priest there, uh, from, he was a Jesuit. And, and if you don't know, Jesuits are very big in like academic and education, um, especially in South America. So this priest comes along and he gives a talk about, you know, what he does as in poverty alleviation in South America. And I was like, oh my God, that's something I want to do so bad. So I joined the group. And at the time, I didn't have the money. So what what the groups did was that they gave you T-shirts and you had to sell T-shirts to pay for your ticket to go to South America. So I did that for five years. Like I would sell T-shirts, sell T-shirts, sell T-shirts to pay every time for my ticket um, to go to these places. So there's a we went to missions in Argentina, Paraguay, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic and brazil and um so we we took food after like for example in the dominican republic we went after hurricane george so after hurricane george we took food we went with uh haircut clippers to give haircuts we went with um monies that were donated to the church and we bought materials over there and we built houses um and we carried cement bags all that stuff you know so by going to these missions and me coming from, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a Catholic school. I am by no means, I was by no means rich, but you know, I had a home, we had a car. So, so in comparison, completely privileged on my end, you know? So I'm going to these communities where I see kids drinking water from a puddle on the floor, on the ground. Um, I see families living in houses that their walls are just like plastic bags wrapped around four pieces of wood. Um, yeah. I see people with, you know, I see the, the, the immigrants from Nicaragua, for example, um, they were living in the fields of the dole, uh, plantain fields and the helicopter the the airplanes would pass by the fields full of workers immigrant workers and the they would throw pesticide all throughout the bananas and then there's people living there you know these immigrant communities are living there and and because they're immigrant they don't get uh, assistance from the from the government you know Mm -hmm. so they're there at their mercy and so those are communities that we wanted to help. Um, so I think that was a big motivation when I went into law school, I really liked international law because those are the community, like I, I had seen, you know, firsthand what people at an international level need. And I wanted to be a part of that solution. But when you're young, you always think of, of, of making an impact very grand or like i want to make an impact in the world you know but when you get older you realize that you can make a whole big impact in your own circle right in your community so you don't have to go far to make these changes and to impact the way you want to impact so yes i did that for for a while uh but then when i come to chigabee i i i 
I, I wanted to impact this community mm. in, in a way that was accessible to me, that was accessible to those around me. What I learned from these missions, it was to be humble, you know, mm. um, to be humble, to be thankful, um, and to never th take things for granted. You know, I have been up in my life and I have been very down in my life. Right. I have, I have friends that are sitting in the richest spots here <laughs> and, and I have friends that are homeless, you know, like, but being humble, being thankful and being open and accessible to everyone. I think that that is what I took from my work during these poverty alleviation missions. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. How'd you end up in Chicopee? Well, um, <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it, it never planned. Um, yeah. So I was living in Puerto Rico and um, I, I was finishing law school. I'm working at a restaurant um, and then I started working at a bar uh, so I was leaving the bar at three o'clock in the morning to go to sleep, to wake up, to go to law school, to, you know, it was mm -hmm. a horrible, those were like horrible years of my life. Uh, very tiring. And at the end of the day, I had friends that graduated law school and they were managers at McDonald's, mm. not because, not because of their intellect, but because resources were not available yeah. and, and employment opportunities were not available. So imagine me with a $70,000 uh, student loan debt working at a restaurant because, you know, like, yeah. and, then, and then when opportunities are not being open to you, you have, you, you, you know, I fell in the depression. I was very depressed in Puerto Rico. Like at the, those last years in Puerto Rico, I was depressed because mm -hmm. I wasn't making enough money. I felt like a failure, all this education, all these skills. And, you know, I had nothing, you know? So I wasn't, I was going through a really tough time. I call it kind of like my quarter life crisis, you know? Yeah. So I was going through that. And um, so one of my aunts uh, lives in Holyoke okay. and she said, hey, you know, come over, stay here for a few months. And if you like it, you'll stay. So uh, I started living with her in Holyoke mm -hmm. and I was I was living with her for six months. After six months, I was able to, you know, have my job, get my apartment in Chicopee. <laughs> um, and I've been in Chicopee ever since. Wow. Did that. Yeah. Did the change of environment. And, and, you know, going to stay with your aunt, did that help kind of break the depression? Like, like reframe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it helped me reframe because I think that when you, when I changed location, it forced me to re-strategize my life. You know, like I'm in a new location. I need to make friends. I need to uh, find out where the supermarket is at. I need to find out where the laundromat is at. And, and embarking in that quest of exploring this new neighborhood. Um, and I did that by like, you know, riding bicycles around Holyoke and, oh, that's another thing, you know, like riding around Holyoke to me was so inspirational mm -hmm. when I first arrived because Holyoke was starting with this gateway city arts yes. thing mm -hmm. yeah. and revitalizing the, the, the mills and, and, and the canals. So seeing all of that happen, 
also at the time that I'm arriving, I'm like, Hey, with all my knowledge and experience, I can be a part of this. Mm. And, and so that was kind of like, you know, uh, how I got the Chigabee. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And then, and then you, then you started embarking on this work with, you know, helping people, right? Like you found your way to that work eventually, right? Um, Helping people with employment, housing, yeah. the accommodations work you were telling us about. Um, mm-hmm. And you're still, you know, and, and, and now the, the work with your art. And one, another thing I wanted to ask you about was at one point you dabbled in politics and running for, for office yes. in, in Chicopee. Um, what, did, what did dipping your toes into that teach you about yourself, about humanity? Talk to us a little <laughs> bit about that. Um, so, so my major in my bachelor's degree is actually in political science. Um, and, um, I love, um, the study of power. I think that, that, I think that a lot of human history is a a, a battle of powers, you know? And, and so I think that that, if you, if you can identify where the power lies, you are able to, bring about change you know mm. so so i've always dabbled with politics just because i know that through policy is that you can actually make changes so so my activist work my work as an activist my work as a community member dabbles in politics and and i was i was a, a, i was in the cultural council which forced me to deal with the city politics to get things mm-hmm. to happen in the yep. city with regards to art and you know you 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 start getting connected with people in the community and there's a moment where you know the the community sees that i'm doing a lot of work for the community because they they see me right i'm visible Uh, sometimes a lot of the of the current leaders aren't necessarily visible to the community they don't even know who their councilman is so um people started saying, Hey, you know, why don't you run for city council? Why don't you run for city council? So I, you know, I, I had it in my ear for so long that I was like, you know what, let me give this a shot. So I did, I ran for city council. I think it was great. Uh, I loved, I loved the, the thrill of, of, a, of a campaign trail, yeah. uh, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work um, to go out knocking doors. It's yeah. a lot of work, a lot of paperwork. And if you don't have a solid team, it's very difficult. Um, um, I, uh, you know, having people committed to volunteer, it's tough because, you know, everyone has their life. Everyone has work. Everyone has things they're doing. So when you run, you need to make sure that you have a team on your, like that's their standout. I personally wanted to do like a people approach type of campaign. So, and of course, mixing it with art. So I didn't spend money in signs at all. Mm-hmm. I had all of my people, all of my residents, they showed up to my business and I had a big table with signs and markers and all <laughs> a whole bunch of art supplies. And we all created my sign. So if you go through the videos of our standouts and everything during that campaign, uh, 
all of the signs were made by the people, you know? So I had no, <laughs> no official <laughs> sign. I just had very artsy signs. I love that though. That, yeah. I, I mean, as a candidate to pull people in and to have the yeah. campaign signs campaign made by, by constituents. Yeah. Yes. There's a, um, the, like you said, there's an art, to, there's a poetry in that in mm. some way for yeah, me. Definitely. I love that. Would you do it again? Do you think? Would you run it for office again? Who knows? Right now, <laughs> I, I I will be honest. Um, I thought about it, yeah. especially now that our current our current council member for Ward Two in Chicopee, his name is uh, Sean Shane Brooks. He's no longer going to be running for city council because he's actually going to be running for state representative. So that opened up, that opened up the ward two seat, which is where I live. Um, So I may, Okay. there's a lot to think about because like I said, I need, you need a team. It's a lot of work. And, and, and I, you know, no one pays you while you're running a campaign. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I have bills to pay <laughs> yeah. as an artist, you know, so it's, it's tough. It's, it's a lot to think about, but definitely what I, what I'm certain of is that whether I run or not, I am still a leader in my community and I'm still a face for my community. Yeah, that's right. So whether I am elected or not, that's just a matter of a title. Yeah. At the end of the day, when things go down in my community, they know who to reach they know who will defend them. They know who will stand up for them. Um, and, and, and that is, that's a bigger satisfaction than any title could give. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah love that's that. totally true. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you can have more of an impact, not having the title. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. And yeah. when you're, when you, so, so, um, when I was running for city council, you know, like you start getting a lot of hate, you know, and I'm not used to that. I'm mm. a love peace person. Yeah. So I, I actually don't, didn't want to like spill dirt on my opponent. I didn't, none of that oh, stuff vicious. that people do. Yeah. People are vicious. Yeah. And, and that is something that like, that's one aspect of a campaign that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and how, how visible, you become like people know where you live yeah. because your address is yeah. posted. People know your phone number. Um, I was receiving phone calls from people, you know, like um, for, you know, for weird stuff, like, you know, why are you running? You're not going to win. You know, like you get calls like that. Yeah. And like, there's eight messages that you see on Facebook. So all of that disappointed me about the race, but a disappointment is not a, it's not a, a barrier for me, you know? Right. Uh, so that's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to, to, to me, but um, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have thick skin, yeah. you are set up, setting yourself up to fail. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this question that I was going to ask you and I think you've talked about it, but it was about, you know, you've started so many um, community art projects and campaigns with local artists. And I mean, this is the, oh, the yeah. most, he's totally answered. This. Yeah. The most obvious question of the night is just what effect can art have on communities? And I, but I think you've answered that for us. Mm. So yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you if there's anything else you wanted to talk to us about that we didn't touch on. Yes. One thing that um, we're, um, 
we're working on, obviously, we want to continue to increase our membership. So if there are any artists out there that would like to have a space to do events, a space where they can retail their work, a space where they can go and create, we have spaces available. So you can definitely reach out. Um, our memberships are very reasonable. And um, I also, aside from La Diaspora as a curator, I set up a whole bunch of exhibits throughout Western Mass. Um, they're themed exhibits, so it's always good for me to have a repertoire of artists that I get to know and learn their work. As a curator, that's very important, you know, to get to know the stories of your artists, the artists that you represent, because that's how I will get to sell their work. You know, it's more than the visual final product. It's the story of its inception that sells the work, at least for me, you know, that's been my experience. Um, but, but yeah, that, and then, um, so my next project, the, the project that I am currently working on building is a traveling art gallery. So mm. I'm looking to purchase, I'm looking to purchase an RV or a camper and um, I will be modifying it and then just traveling throughout Western Mass and beyond with uh, featuring local artists. So, you know, I want to take my artist out of Chicopee and out of this region and exhibit their work in New York and different fairs and different places. So the camper and the RV is going to allow us to make this happen. Uh, there's a GoFundMe for that. Mm. Um, and we've already had a few donors. I'm working on some grants to make that happen, but I'm a person that when I uh, put a goal and when I uh, set my eyes on, on a project or something to make it happen, trust me, it'll happen. That's awesome. um, wherever, wherever the Johnny Miranda brand is at, <laughs> I always guarantee that it will be a success so my eyes are set on the van gogh that's the name i have for it van gogh oh, uh, perfect. <laughs> i love that <laughs> so so that's that's what i'm working on so um uh. anyone out there with deep pockets that want to um continue to further my mission and make uh make art as impactful as it can be uh, with this traveling art gallery, I'd be more than than thankful mm. to, to anyone that contributes. I just have to say, Johnny. So we live in a town with zero art galleries. True, true story. So That's we, how Chicopee was. That's we, how Chicopee was. We, but we also have no vacant store. I mean, we don't have any like, we don't have any mills. We don't have any spaces for art gallery either. So the fact that you are putting together a traveling art gallery. That's amazing. I'm, I want to donate. Can we donate a bunch of money? Yes. <laughs> for this and, effort well, and know, come to Belchertown with your <laughs> Van Gogh. We can get, we can get, I mean, one of the things that I am working on is perhaps one of the, you know, having um, sponsors and then putting their decal on the, on the van, mm -hmm. on the, on the, on, and I think that that's, you know, I'm still working on those things um, because you know, it's a project that I've been thinking about for three years. It's just in my mind, in my yeah. mind, in my mind. And so I finally was like, you know, if I just sit around waiting for money to come to do this, I'm never going to do it. So I'm just going to put it out into the universe and act as if it's going to happen so that mm -hmm. it can manifest itself and happen. It. So that's where I am. I love All it. All right. And we'll put the, we'll put the link to that. Um, GoFundMe Go in the show notes. So all awesome. of you, 
All you scoundrels out there with deep pockets, you heard Johnny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Empty some of that out and throw it into the Van Gogh yes, project. Yes, please. Okay. Um, all right, we're gonna go into our last couple of questions, and these are these are funner kind of questions, Funny. and we're gonna transition. Okay, these okay. are questions we ask every guest, sort of at the end, after we've loosened you up a bit. So, um, nice. <laughs> all right. So when you're not um, when you're not working on um, bringing art to the community, um, you know bringing service to people in other ways. What do you like to do um, just to connect back to Johnny, like for yourself? Yeah. I love, um, I love to paint. So I know that that's <laughs> part of my work. I know it's part of my work, but I love to paint. Yeah. Um, there are three types of paint that I do. I, I always say that there's the paint that I do that people instruct me what to paint, right? Right. You're paying me to paint what you want. Then there's the art that I do that is simplified art. And that's the one that I teach in classes, right? It's easy to learn, easy to instruct. And then there's the art that I paint because of my passion, because it's what I want to paint without no one telling me what to. Um, And that's the type of art that I do when I want to ground you know, mm-hmm. but I also write a lot of poetry. I, um, as you can see, I talk a lot and, but I'm also very emotional. And, and I think that education is so important because it gives people a vast resources, a resource of vocabulary. And that is so good when you want to write and express yourself. Cause like the more words, you know, the easier it is for you to verbalize what you're feeling. Right. <laughs> so writing is great. Um, and another one of my uh, passions is ha- uh, hunting for um, antiques and collectibles. I collect coins, so like uh, that's I love looking for coins and and, and antiques on tag sales. Do you have a Do you have a favorite coin that you have found over the years? Yes. Um, what is actually, it? I um. So I have a a, a gold a gold half. Is it a half dollar? It's a gold half dollar from 1885. Oh, wow. That's like the oldest American coin I have. Um, Yeah, I have really, I mean, I've been fortunate to come across like really, really cool coins. My coin collection is pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Um, And I, but I collected coins since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. My my grandparents used to travel a lot. So wherever they travel, they would bring me coins because they knew I would collect them. So I currently have coins of of every country in Europe um, before the Euro. So like mm. the oh, okay. Lira, the Frank, the Pesetas, are like what every country had. So I have all of that. Yeah. I, I invest a lot of time with, <laughs> nice. with my coins. Too. Nice. <laughs> so fun. Do you have a favorite yeah. like kind of antique shop to go into? Is it like a roadside, like the, 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 the antique shop and the, the town nobody would stop in kind of yeah. store or so my favorite yeah. antique spot to go to is in a city called in a town called Sher- Shelburne Falls. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. We know it. I yep. love going every spring to the uh, bridge of flowers. Yeah. Uh, that's like a ritual for me. I have a friend who's an artist um, that, that actually took me there. Trish Cataldo. She took me there for the first time. And, and I made it a tradition. Like every year I go for every spring. I love it. And there's a, there's um, an antique shop right by the, 
bridge of flowers yeah. at the end. And I love going there. But most of my antique pieces I get from um, tag sales. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, I have a day job where I do clean outs and estate clean outs after the realtors purchase them. So when I do these clean outs, sometimes I come across some treasures and, mm, you know, that's fun. where my collection can grow. That's <laughs> nice. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Um, last question. Um, I always pause when I ask this one, Stomping Jen. I've got to get over this. Um, all right. I'm just going to ask it. Uh, what have you experienced in life that you can't quite explain? What's still a mystery to you? I think love is still a mystery for me. Yeah. I think that is the biggest mystery of all, you know, because I think that um, I have created the best masterpieces and the best poems while in love. But I've also suffered and, and <laughs> the biggest the biggest hurt while in love. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's still a mystery. I can't decipher, you know, that love love is still a mystery. But I think that it's meant to be that because mm. that's what continues. Right. That's why love continues to be, you know, that inspiration for many artists to create and to to continue to 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 have these um a fervent passions you know i think that that it being a mystery is 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 in, it's in itself uh the essence of love i love, I love that answer i do too and i think you were the first person in the dozens and dozens of people we've talked to who have said who has said love i know it's true <laughs> and that is a mystery because lo- is. love is just like this crazy thing like you said, it, it it can be good, it can be bad, it can, you know, it's, it's hard to... Gamut. You can't yeah. put it in a box. You yeah, can't put I've, love I've in ex- a box? <laughs> no. I've tried to express it. I've tried to express it yeah. through dance. I've expressed it through visual arts. You've expressed, you can express it through words. You can express it in many ways, yeah. but it's still a mystery. <laughs> yeah, and I think there are all different kinds of love. And one thing, Johnny, I have loved is this conversation. Um, <laughs> And spending <laughs> and, spe- and spending some time with you. Um, thank you, thank you. I wasn't wrong. Why Johnny is a fascinating he is. individual, and we could have talked for a lot longer. But it's getting on in the evening, and we're going to let you go. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate you, um, Johnny. We're gonna um, one thing we're going to ask you to do is after we play the ending music, just hang on a little bit for sure. us, and so we can wrap things up. But uh, there's some things we got to say to our listeners now that we're ending Stomping Jen. Oh yes, right. And um, I'm sorry if you're bored hearing this. You need to hear this no, stuff, listeners. <laughs> um, all right, so if this is the first time you're hearing our podcast, right, because you knew Johnny was going to be on and you wanted to hear him, we're going to ask you, uh, find the subscribe button on your app, right, okay. uh, and listen to our future episodes. Download our, our episodes, episodes. And our past episodes. They're all I mean, good. We have hundreds of episodes at this point. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with us. We're, <laughs> we're fun. Oh, we're so fun. Stomping, Jen. This is all about fun here. That's right. Um, so, uh, Lighten up. S- subscribe. Download our episodes. Okay, tell a friend about us um, if you like what you heard. And if you want to be a guest, right? Um, If you're an artist and you're an interesting person, um, come and join us. Yes. Right? That's Um, right. Go to our website, okay? Softservepodcast.com. There's a form there you can fill out and we'll get in touch with you. Uh, What else, Stomping Jen? Is that it? No, I think that's it. 
All right. Well, let's um let's go back to telling our listeners we love them. Yeah, we love them. I'm feeling very loving <laughs> I know. after this Johnny conversation. Set that up for us yes. pretty nicely. So we love you people. <laughs> yeah, we love you folks. Thank um, you for joining us for this conversation. Johnny, do you want to say goodbye in whatever way you want to? Yes, please? definitely. I want to definitely thank you guys for having me in the show. I thank your audience for listening. I hope that um that I was able to 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 somehow inspire other artists um to to create to impact to serve and um yeah i love what i do so please follow me and 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 my social media platforms and just be engaged with all the fun things we are doing cool all right thank you johnny miranda thanks we really appreciate it all right folks take care lots of love bye now This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, All peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 